Welcome to Lessons for Living Television. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Raise your hand if some days 24 hours just is not enough time to get everything done we need to get done. Now, if you're like me, I find myself constantly trying to do more with less and less time to in fact do it in. Well, Dan Sullivan, president and co-founder of the Strategic Coach Incorporated, a company that helps high net worth entrepreneurs become even more successful, he said this. He said, entrepreneurs live in what I call the results economy. They get paid only for the results they produce based on the value these results create for their clients and customers. Why then do so many entrepreneurs still operate as if it mattered how long or how hard they work? An unhealthy notion of virtue has become attached to burnout regardless of whether the long hours have produced any results. This thinking, he says, completely misses the point of being an entrepreneur, which is freedom. Well, in 1988, Dan and his wife, Bab Smith, founded the Strategic Coach Incorporated. They specialize in creating breakthrough strategies and tools for highly successful entrepreneurs. Well, among the company's many offerings is what they call the entrepreneurial time system. The purpose of which is to create an ever-increasing amount of personal freedom for the entrepreneur while generating the greatest possible results for his or her business. Now, at its core, the entrepreneurial time system completely alters an individual's relationship to time. It allows one's personal and professional lives to receive an equal amount of attention to be, in fact, in balance and thus generate energy for each other. His program calls for dividing days into three distinct types, which he calls free days, focus days, and buffer days, and attending differently during each. Well, I want to look at the free day. Strategic Coach says a free day is a 24-hour period in which the entrepreneur does not engage in any business-related thinking, communication, or actions. It is an admittedly difficult concept, they say, for many company founders who might feel that they are abandoning their child when they take time away from their business. However, he says, the opposite is true. You become a detriment to your business when you don't take time away. When you refuse to delegate, delegate tasks, you slow down your team. When you run out of energy, you don't have the creativity to seize opportunities. When you become reactive, you harm the organization, the one you want to build and protect. Your personal life suffers too. One successful entrepreneur I know says, I was boring. I only had one thing I could talk about, work. Well, the best free days, they say, are planned in advance and are protected, inviolate, and non-negotiable. When you learn to disconnect from the streams of demands and information, much of which soon is going to be irrelevant, and you invest attention and care in the other aspects of your life, 
you start making choices against a broader backdrop. Your life becomes more integrated and less a tug of war between the conflicting elements. Well, according to a Greek legend, in ancient Athens, a man noticed the great storyteller Aesop playing childish games with some little boys. He laughed and jeered, asking him, why is he wasting his time in such frivolous activity? Well, Aesop responded by picking up a bow, loosening its strings, and placing it on the ground. Then he said to the critical man, now answer the riddle if you can. Tell us what the unstrung bow implies. Well, the man looked at it for several moments, had no idea what point he was trying to make. Finally, Aesop explained, if you keep a bow always bent, it will break eventually. But if you let it go slack, it will become more fit for use when you want it. Well, we're like that too. That's why we all need to take time to rest. The Bible says the Creator, after the six days of creation, rested on the seventh day and instituted the Sabbath for all people as a memorial of creation. The fourth commandment of God's unchangeable law requires this observance of this seventh-day Sabbath as the day of rest and worship and ministry in harmony with the teaching and practice of Jesus, who is the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day of delightful communion with God and with one another. It's a symbol of our redemption in Christ and a sign of our sanctification. It's a token of our allegiance and a foretaste of our eternal future in God's kingdom. You see, the Sabbath is God's perpetual sign of his eternal covenant between him and his people. Joyful observance of this holy time from evening to evening, sunset to sunset, is a celebration of God's creative and his redemptive acts. Well, it happened one Sabbath morning. Jesus, as was his custom, was worshiping together with the rest of the believers in the synagogue. In fact, Jesus was teaching this particular Sabbath. Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he healed on the Sabbath so that they might find reason to accuse him. But he knew that they, what they were thinking. And he said to the man with the withered hand, get up and come forward. And he got up and came forward. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save her life or to destroy it? After looking around at them all, he said to them, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they themselves were filled with rage and discussed together what they might do to Jesus. Can you imagine the scene? 
a man who needed healing was caught between two forces, the loving healing power of Jesus and the rules of proper Sabbath observance. Well, Jesus sensed full well what was at stake. He knew the hearts of the Pharisees, and Jesus realized that healing that man on the Sabbath was going to bring him one step closer to his execution day. But Jesus did not back away. In fact, well, he heightened the drama in order to make a point. He said to them, he says to the man, get up and come forward. Then Jesus turns to those who are watching and asks them a question. Is it lawful to do good or harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to destroy it? <clears throat> there was no answer. Then Jesus, with heaven's courage flashing from his eyes, said to the man, stretch out your hand. It was an electric moment, a showdown on the Sabbath, and the crowd gasped when they saw the withered hand miraculously restored to perfect health. Well, some in the crowd, however, did not gasp. Instead, they began to grumble quietly amongst themselves, and they went out the back door to begin planning for a crucifixion. Now, what was going on here? Why had this issue of the Sabbath and its observance become such a point of contention? How important is this anyway? Does Jesus' view of the Sabbath hold any value for us here today, 2,000 years later? Well, I'm going to invite you to come with me to the Garden of Eden. Try to imagine the splendor and the glory in that paradise. God the Father and Jesus His Son, they have put the finishing touches on the creation of this brand new world. Everything is perfect. Well, including the two beautiful human beings, all wide-eyed in their fresh innocence. Adam and Eve, our first parents. Well, we all know what was the first thing that Adam and Eve did. They celebrated the world's first Sabbath together. We can read about it in Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 2. By the seventh day, God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Let's make a list of the things God did on that first Sabbath. It says he rested. It says he blessed it. It says he made it holy. Well, now a question comes to mind. Why did God rest? I mean, even after six long and wonderful days of creating, was God tired? Was Jesus burned out and exhausted looking for a couch to throw himself on? No, see, God set aside that seventh day as a time for his two created children to rest and to fellowship with him. So right at the beginning of the Bible, we see the purpose of the Sabbath, not for God's rest, but for ours. In fact, Jesus confirmed this point when he was questioned by the Pharisees. 
these religious leaders had criticized Jesus' disciples for walking through the grain fields and picking a bit of grain to eat during the Sabbath hours. Well, what did Jesus say in response to that? Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Well, from the very first week of creation, God had in mind a day of delight and a day of spiritual refreshment for human men and women. Do you know that multitudes today fail to bow down before God alone to reverence the Creator? We don't have time, we say. We're just too busy. You know, most people don't avoid God because they're terribly evil or because they have something against God. Most just cannot seem to find the time. We're meeting deadlines at the office, trying to get home through the traffic, trying to remember what we were supposed to pick up at the store, trying to deal with our children, trying to cram in a vacation. We never stop. Who has the time? Do you know what that means for our spiritual lives? So that's why God carved out this giant stop sign in the rock of Mount Sinai. Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The fourth commandment comes as the climax of the first three. How do we have no other gods before him? How do we bow down to him alone? How do we reverence his name? Well, we have to give him our time. See, that's the one thing many keep holding back. There's a verse in the fourth psalm that sums up the commandment very nicely. Be still and know that I am God. We can know God only in stillness. We have to take the time to be still. We can hear God only when we really listen. We have to take the time to listen. Moses told his people, stand still that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. Job was told, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. So now let's travel back once again to the time of Jesus, back to the site of the original Jerusalem temple. Had the Sabbath been forgotten? No, quite the opposite. In fact, the Sabbath was being so rigorously observed that people were suffocating on it. Well, that sounds harsh, I know, but that was in fact what was happening. Take an ordinary handkerchief. Carrying the handkerchief during the Sabbath hours was a grievous violation of the religious regulations of the day. A tiny cloth was an unnecessary burden. 
But it was all right then to take that same handkerchief and pin it to your clothes within reach of your nose. Well, then it would become part of your clothing. And the rabbis would say, not something extra. And it went on like that with regulations and rules and headings and subheadings for every imaginable situation. None of these regulations were ever found in God's word. They had been created out of centuries of human tradition. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Who stands to gain if the Sabbath is destroyed or changed? Who would be the power, do you think, behind such a move? Who stands to gain when God's beautiful Sabbath rest is buried under a choking tangle of confusing and arbitrary regulations? Can't you just visualize Satan quietly working behind the scenes to destroy the Sabbath from within, throwing this heavy blanket of rules over the original concept of happy, life-restoring fellowship with God. Well, probably the most powerful lesson we can learn about the Sabbath is to be discovered in the hills near the town of Capernaum. Jesus would retreat to this deserted spot for some well-deserved rest with his disciples. Well, the only trouble was word leaked out that Jesus was there, and soon, well, the place was not all that deserted. Thousands arrived to receive spiritual nourishment. The hours went by, and these people needed physical nourishment also. Many of you know the story. They go out, and they only have five loaves, and they got these two fishes. They got to use that to feed thousands of hungry people. No grocery stores, no restaurants nearby. The disciples, they tried to send some people away, but Jesus would have none of that. He said, you don't have to send them away. There's enough food here for all to eat. Go ahead and start feeding them. The disciples were stunned. Lord, how are five loaves and two fish going to do it? There's, there's no way. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to the disciples, have them sit down to eat in groups of 50 each. Jesus invited them to sit down and rest. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry and there's no food around, the last thing I want to do is sit around and rest. I want to rummage around for something to eat. But in obedience to Christ, those 5,000 men and all of their families, they all sat down to rest. They trusted Jesus. And you know what happens? You know what happened then? The Bible tells us they all ate and they were filled. They all ate and were satisfied. Uh, Luke 9, verse 17 says, they were ate and they all were satisfied. And the broken pieces which they had left were picked up 12 baskets full. What a picture of the Christian life. Stop our working and rest in Christ and then perfect fulfillment. You know, we're so tempted to work our way to heaven, but Jesus says to you and me today, he said, just as he says to those hungry followers, I have provided everything you need. Come, for all things are now ready. You know, many people ask me, you know, is the Sabbath still valid? Hasn't it been changed? I mean, does God really care what day you rest? 
Well, if God felt the Sabbath was needed in the peacefulness of Eden, (laughs) isn't it a million times more needed in our frantic, confused, traffic-snarled world today? Would God really have done away with the Sabbath? Some, Some will ask me, well, didn't Jesus himself change the Sabbath? No, there's no record of such a change. Not in a single part of the Bible. Jesus kept the Sabbath. His disciples kept the Sabbath. So did his followers for long decades after his resurrection. You know, some people say keeping the Sabbath after Calvary is legalism. That we're trying to earn our salvation by worshiping on the Sabbath. Well, you see, keeping the Sabbath involves rest. The Hebrew word for Sabbath means rest, cease, desist. Resting in Christ's accomplishments. Trusting in his works rather than my works. Well, that's the very opposite of legalism. Think of Calvary. Crucified on a Friday afternoon, resting in the tomb on the seventh day Sabbath, and then raised to life the Sunday with your salvation and mine guaranteed for all time. So when we rest on the Sabbath, we honor God's glorious act of redemption through Jesus on the the cross. As he rested on the Sabbath, I rest also, trusting in him as my creator, as my redeemer, as my savior. We all need regular Sabbath rest. We desperately need to be still and know that he is our God. It's easy to point the finger at problems in society. We can identify evils in the world without any effort. What what about the problems in here? In my heart? Have we given God our time? Well, that's the real big question, isn't it? We really can't give ourselves to him unless we've given him our time, quality time, true Sabbath rest time. I mean, won't you choose to do that today? Decide right now that you're going to spend quality time with God regularly. Enough time to worship and honor our Creator and our Savior. Let's pray. Our gracious God, thank you for the gift of the Sabbath. Thank you for the refreshing nature of that Sabbath rest. Father, I pray that anyone within the reach of my voice that has not yet experienced Sabbath rest, may they decide right now to commit themselves to resting on your day and may they experience the rejuvenation of that rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I know that for many of you watching, uh, this Sabbath truth raises a lot of questions. In our attempt to answer those questions, uh, I have a gift for you. It's one of those uh, special editions of the Signs of the Times magazine called A Day to Remember. And it's a wonderful resource to answer many of your questions about the Sabbath. If you'd like this magazine, here's how you can get your copy. 
To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another program. I want to thank you again for joining us. And uh, I want to thank you for the kind words of encouragement you send us uh, by email. If you ever want to get in touch with me, you can do so at my email at bill at l4ltv.com. That comes directly to me, and uh, I will do my best to respond to you within a, within a reasonable amount of time. Um, let your friends know about the program also. You know, uh, the other day I was in downtown Toronto, and uh, an OPP officer came up to me and said, uh, hey, I watch you on television. That's always, that's always nice to, to know that there are folks out there that are watching and that appreciate uh, the program. So remember our Facebook page. Visit our Facebook page. Like us on our Facebook page. Uh, all of the programs, uh, just after they are aired, will appear on Facebook. And that becomes a great way of you sharing those with your friends and family. So it's very simple to do that on Facebook. Remember uh, our website, l4ltv.com. So on the website, you're going to be able to send prayer requests or comments. You can request the, the, the gifts that we have here. You can watch any of the previous programs that have been aired. You can find out under the live appearances tab where I'll be appearing live if you want to come out and see me. You can also find a Bible study group. And uh, if there isn't a group around you and you'd like us to form one or to work with you on Bible study, on Skype or some other mechanism, we're happy to do that. Like I know like on a program like today's where we talk about the Sabbath, there's a lot of confusion about that. And folks will say the Sabbath is no longer relevant, it's legalism, just like I talked about in the program. If you've raised, if that's raised any questions for you and you'd like to get additional resources, additional materials to help you better understand the truth about the Sabbath, then write to me. And I'll send you that. You know, we offer that uh, Signs of the Times magazine, and that's a good resource. It's a good starting point. But if you want additional information or additional materials, don't hesitate to write to me, bill at l4ltv.com, and uh, I will get that information out to you. You know, I, I always say that um, we as Christians, we have to be grounded in God's Word. And one of the sad realities is that we as Christians are spending less and less time in God's Word and studying it. Most Saturdays, I am at my church, the Harmony Adventist Church, 89 Center Avenue there in North York in the Bayview and Steeles area. If you're in the area, why not come out and join us? 89 Center Avenue in Toronto, Saturday mornings. I'm there at 1130 to speak, most Saturdays. 
Well, I hope we have the privilege of doing this again real soon. I'll be praying for you that God blesses you richly in the meantime. We'll see you back here again real soon. Take care.